everybody, welcome to Monster Macaroni. My name is Will. I am joined by a slurry of guests tonight. Um, we're going to be talking about um, our favorite movies to start, our favorite horror movies, um, and moving on to a few short um, horror stories that we have prepared. Um, after that, we're going to move on to some creepypastas. Um, so those are going to be very interesting. Um, to start, we're going to introduce ourselves. Um, to my right, we have Chelsea. Say hi. Hi, I'm Chelsea. We have Josh. BDE. Hello. <laughs> and Jeremy. <coughs> Hello, how are you? And then Joan. Howdy. <laughs> and then we have, of course, John. Yes, hello. And I would also like to plug our sister podcast, uh, Comic Book FNG, that you can get to at Comic Book FNG. Uh, that's the podcast name. You can also go to ComicFNG.com and ComicFNG at Gmail and at ComicFNG Twitter. Sweet. So, um, to start off, um, Jeremy wanted to talk about our favorite horror movies. Okay. Um, so why don't you start us out with yours, man? <clears throat> okay, once again, my name's Jeremy. How's everybody doing? Uh, let's see, favorite horror movies. Well, my all-time favorite horror movie has to be a movie done uh, by Clive Barker, based on one of his books, Cabal. Very excellent read. Um, really short, really easy to read. But Nightbreed, great movie. Um... Yeah, basically, uh, I don't want to give it away too much, but the monsters are the good guys and the people are the bad guys. Oh, man. The people are the it's monsters. It's a really interesting in take on the movie. It really I, is. I don't think I've ever seen a movie like that. Other than the original ending for I Am Legend, where it turns out he's the bad guy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely should have been a, a sequel to this movie. You're going to be feel a little disappointed at the end. That's the only negative thing I can say about it, is they should have done a sequel for mm. it. Well, yeah. I mean, that means it's a good movie, right? If it's left open. It can come back at any time. Was it and successful enough to get a sequel, or did they just decide I, not to do one? It was big in Canada. Like, all the uh, actors are Canadian, and well, it was filmed Canada's in big. Canada. Yeah. I mean, it's it's logistically-wise, you know, yeah. it's big. Yeah. Probably not a lot of people in Canada, but... But there are people... Physically in, big. Yeah. I mean, there, there are people in Canada, John. There's also very long stretches of just Dirt. dead area. Yeah. Like, winter area. It's like Russia, but nicer. <laughs> And more polite, way more polite. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. French Canada, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Quebec. <laughs> I'm sorry to any Canadians that may be listening. We're American, so it's expected. <laughs> what was your uh, your worst horror movie? Ooh, worst horror movie. That's a tough one. Scariest horror movie. I can do that. Uh, when I was a kid, the movie The Fog with Jamie Lee Curtis scared oh. the crap out of me. Yep. Was so she scary. was in a horror. Other than Halloween? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't really count Halloween like, as a horror. Halloween's like a slasher th flick. Everybody, it's a horror, though. I everybody like out there movie. couldn't see it, but everybody looked at John right now when he made that statement about Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, what the hell? She was talking in, about? I knew she was in Halloween. But right? She was in Halloween Part 6. Well, she, she was also H2O. in Halloween she's Resurrection. Well, she's Michael's yeah. sister. Of course she's going to be in it. Yeah, And Halloween Part 2, which we can't forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've only <laughs> seen, like, one. I saw the Rob Zombie one, and I think I saw the original. The original's the best. I have not yeah. seen the Rob Zombie. You yeah. need to watch Halloween Part 3, Season of the Witch. I should probably just watch all of them. Yeah, honestly. you should. You should. That is a good it's movie. Just, a lot of them suck. Season of the Witch is great. A lot yeah. of them suck pretty bad, but, yeah. Kids melting huh. faces. Awesome. Stonehenge. <laughs> so you don't have, like, a 
a horror movie you considered the not not worst that's like just in really bad like a really yeah really <clears throat> bad quality horror movie. Gosh, that's a tough one. Sorry, um, no, because they all have their place. I mean, I'm sure if I really really thought about it, I could think of one. Um, Wicker Man was pretty bad. <laughs> I still haven't seen. That's the bees one with Nick Cage, yep. right? They, I, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Oh, so. I thoroughly it's enjoyed so that movie, though. I know it was <laughs> oh, bad. No. It was bad, but I, I love how bad it is. Is so. it one of those guilty pleasures? Yes, for you? absolutely. So, yeah. Oh man, the ending is so bad. But you know it's a remake. The Nicholas Cage yeah. one is a remake. So go back and watch the original. You don't want to see bad. That's oh. bad. Well, it's like The Haunting. Like the the original The Haunting mm-hmm. is still widely considered one of the best horror movies ever made, and it's truly fucking scary. Uh, but the new The Haunting with Liam Neeson. It's not great. It, that's my guilty pleasure, is The Haunting. I love that movie. It's so great. Owen Wilson getting beheaded by a, a lion pendulum thing. So fucking great. Yeah. yeah. The piano wire hitting the girl in the eye. Oh, I remember. I think I've yeah, seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, was pretty cool gross. Movie. It was yeah. cool. they, they parodied that movie in uh, Scary Movie 2. Uh, oh, yeah, because it yeah. was like a sleep okay. experiment. You brought everybody into the house. Right. Yeah. That makes sense now. Yeah. Wow. Joan? So, uh... In terms of best horror movies, I think always my first go-to is usually John Carpenter's The Thing from the early 80s. Yes. It's got a magnificent ensemble cast, amazing practical effects, well-earned, one very well-earned jump scare, and just the cinematography is fantastic. John Carpenter blew it out of the water, and it's a shame that it was a commercial failure because everybody was wrong back then about that movie. I think it was well ahead of its time. Absolutely, they, they took a lot of a lot of scenes in that movie were were very realistic take on what could happen. Like there's that scene where the guy gets shot in the leg. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like they actually just shoot the guy in the leg. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't um, I don't want to put it like cheesy like other movies. Mm-hmm. They took a, a lot of realism and subtlety when it came to that movie. And then shit gets crazy. Mm-hmm. But before that, it was a really serious flick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic movie. Good choice. And then uh, I guess I have to say, in terms of worst, it's it's a bit of a tough call for me because I, a lot of horror movies are bad, and I, I think a lot of them are just easy targets. You know, you could say almost every Nightmare on Elm Street sequel is is bad, quote unquote. Um, most of the Friday the Thirteenth sequels, after I'd say part three or four, are pretty bad, uh, but. They were just kind of trying to do the same thing over and over again, so I don't feel like those are good choices. So, if I had to say what is a truly bad horror movie, but something I still absolutely enjoy, it'd have to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. Which was that the one with Jessica Biel? No, I'm talking the like the original Part Two, where you have Dennis Hopper getting into chainsaw fights with Leatherface and putting a person's face on, a, on a, a girl that he kidnapped and then a cowboy hat and dancing with her. That's so brutal. It is oh my God. so off the rails. It, it, I mean, it was intentionally supposed to be a dark comedy. You're, you're not supposed to take the movie seriously, but it is so delightfully bad. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend watching the original and then that one right after that, just so you can kind of see the, the total polarized opposites of what you can do with a crazy family of cannibals and a chainsaw. <laughs> I've never seen the originals. I've only seen the one with Jessica Biel. Didn't the original have Matthew McConaughey in it? The original original? No. Yeah. Like the, the 1970s. 1970s one? No. Which one am I thinking of? Ma- Matthew McConaughey wasn't ever in a chainsaw. <laughs> I swear to God he was in a Texas no. Chainsaw Massacre. No. 
I mean, I, I, the Michael Bay ones aren't terrible. I actually really enjoyed them. Those were Michael um, Bay. That should be obvious. Well, I, I don't know if he directed <laughs> or produced them, but he had a part in them. Uh, same thing with the most recent Friday the 13th film. But, I mean, honestly, those are just Arlie Ermey steals the show. I mean, he's, he's oh, yeah. the best part of those movies. And I think they did a nice job of kind of recreating the vibe of the original. But the original is just perfect. It's, it's such a low-budget ramshackle movie and but by the end you're kind of thrown into the madness that the main character is in the dinner scene and come the end when she finally gets away and Leatherface is just swinging a chainsaw in this just strangely beautiful shot of him like silhouetted in the sunset just swinging a chainsaw around and it's it's iconic it's I mean there's a reason that it was so controversial back then and why it still stands up today is that the one where he still wore the suit the like suit shirt and tie uh, towards the end, he uh, he changed his outfit for the dinner, of course, because you you know you have to look nice for family. I've seen the toy in mm-hmm. what used to be a good store, Hot Topic and, and Spencer's and places <laughs> like that. You could find the the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre toys and like Leatherface and um, what's his name, Freddy Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, Jason, all of those. They had their own toys. They're really cool. I always thought Mike Myers was better than. And all those others. Yeah, like it, I was, was going like, to say. <laughs> if it was like Michael Myers versus the other horror movie oh, slasher yeah. movie killers, I think Michael Myers would win. Oh, yeah. Except maybe so. Leatherface because he has a fucking chainsaw. Well, maybe. I'm a big Freddy fan. All Freddy Krueger's great. And I They're actually great. did. Not the new ones, I enjoyed but the original the, ones. The remake. <clears throat> There's a scene in one of them, though, Excuse where me. that chick gets pulled through the mirror. Mm-hmm. It's such a bad scene because it's like obviously a blow up doll. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> I just remember my favorite line is where he's in the TV set and he picks a girl up in the third one and he's like, welcome to prime time, bitch. And he slams <laughs> her head into his TV chest. I loved it. <laughs> Johnny Depp was in one of those, wasn't he? He was, he was in the was, original. In the original? Yep, he was the one that got pulled into the bed. And That's then right, the, yeah. the, the infamous blood fountain scene where they built an entire set where the bedroom is built in the ceiling and they shot it upside down so that it looked like a blood fountain shooting up. That's so cool. Yeah, they built a whole set for that. It's a practical effect, and it still stands up. I mean, the original Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street is—it's well, a it's classic. Like, it's like what Jeremy was saying that that there's not a lot of. I mean, there are a lot of bad horror movies, but they all kind of have their their They're niche. Charm. Absolutely, like, especially the older ones in the '70s and '80s that had to use practical effects because CGI just wasn't at that point yet, mm-hmm. and it just a lot of times it looks so much better because they use practical effects. Absolutely, unless you you see a movie like Dead Alive. Where, I mean, he goes through a room of zombies with a lawnmower, and it's fucking great. If you haven't seen it, it was directed by P- Peter Jackson. It was one of his first movies. And it's it's just a ridiculous, gory comedy. And he literally picks up a, a lawnmower and goes through a room full of zombies. Oh, my God. It's utterly ridiculous. But it's a fantastic movie, and the practical effects are brilliant. Man. Yeah, I'm going to have to add that to the list now. It's a good movie. There's yeah. another one. It's definitely cheesy. It was intended to be cheesy. Those are the best. Yeah, well, right. kind of yeah. like uh, Evil Dead Part One and Two. I was actually and... I was going to mention you because you said the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the best, mm-hmm. and that's usually the situation. Except I excluding think Evil Dead. Deads. I think Evil Dead Two was better than the original. Well, it's it, it's almost a shot for shot remake of the original, yeah. but with a budget, with especially the fact that the original one they were trying to make it like a horror movie but it still kind of had those corny elements to it but they really leaned into it in part two and it just it it made it better i mean sam raimi found something that worked and he just 
went with it. And I, I haven't seen Army of Darkness, but a lot of people tell oh, me fantastic. that is the best. It's fantastic. Of the Evil Dead yeah. series. Again, but... practical effects, too. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially when he turns into a bunch of mini hymns and they attack him. It's yeah. so good. That's where we get it's the It's so bad it's line. good, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love the I scene where... I think I saw that three times in the theater. He's getting, he's getting sucked into the Necronomicon, and, like, they had the fake face and everything, yeah. and he was getting sucked into it. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that was your favorite and, and least favorite? Is that yeah. me now? Yeah. yeah. Favorite? Uh, are we going, like, favorite or best? Like, what I consider the best. Favorite. 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 I'm going to answer the best as well. Favorite would be uh, Haunting in Connecticut. Oh, it's kind yeah. of a bad movie, but it's a guilty pleasure. I fucking love that movie. Everything's great about it. That's the one where he's spitting up the ectopalasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was really cool. Yeah, and dude, I like. I that just one. thought it was. I just really enjoyed that movie. Um, best, I think, would have to be The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh yeah, dude, I didn't even think of the, that one. The way she does that character is fucking mind blowing. Like they saved multiple thousands of dollars because she could contort her own body and do that shit with her voice by herself so they didn't have to digitally do any of it. Yeah, and she spoke languages too. And she spoke languages. That chick is awesome. She married the guy from Dexter. No shit. And it, and divorced the guy from Dexter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did Man. a show with his ex-wife. But wow. she is awesome. And that, that movie's fantastic. Worst, also a tie, uh, I'd say Hellraiser 11 is just the worst shit I've ever seen. I couldn't even finish the movie. It was one of those ones that was done to keep the license of Hellraiser. But it was they changed the guy. The guy the, the original dude that plays Hellraiser decided not to come back for the movie because it was so dumb. And the guy they got to replace him, like, he's not a fat dude, but he just looks fat in the suit. So he looks like a chubby Hellraiser, and it does not work at all. It's like, I would not be threatened by a chubby Hellraiser. It's all the white makeup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, all the other Hellraisers I love. They're another guilty pleasure. I fucking love the Hellraisers. They're practical effects. Again, Hellraisers are fantastic with that. The first one, when the skeleton, like, comes out of the blood and starts being created, is mm-hmm. some of the coolest shit I've ever seen. And then, so there was Hellraiser 11. <laughs> and Jason X. Oh, yes. When he's in space. Yes. That is the dumbest it's shit so I've bad. ever seen. It is but I bad. still enjoyed I, it. I, I hate to say it. Well, there's, like, that, that scene when, like, they first find him frozen, and he fucking, like, he falls over, and he's got the machete, and he cuts the dude's arm off. I know, off. right? Like, just, like, he inconsequentially maims somebody. And it's supposed to be in the future, but they're all, like, dressed like teenagers and shit. Like, yeah. They're supposed to be astronauts on a mission, and they're all dressed as teenagers, and there's a bunch of drama that goes on and shit. It's typical horror movie tropes. Mm. And it's just bad. Everything about that movie is just bad. Well, even... Like, little nitty-gritty things about that movie are bad. Like, even just down to the production design. Like, uh, in the scene when Jason first becomes, like, Jason X, like, Metal Jason, when they show him, they're in, like, this kind of hallway section of the spaceship. And the walls are made out of corrugated steel. (laughs) And and I'm thinking, in what future would they build any part of a spaceship out of corrugated steel? Like, the things you build shack roofs out of. I almost think that's another one that was made just to keep the license. But they tried a little harder, you know? A little. (laughs) Maybe, I mean, you haven't seen Hellraiser 11. That's a bad fucking movie. Maybe I'm thinking of Hellraiser 10. No, I'm thinking of Hellraiser 11. Oh my god. There's 11 of them. Don't don't quote me. I think I only made it part four. We're we're not talking about 10 Jasons, so... Yeah, that's true. 
How many Jason movies are I've never been a fan of there Jason. There are 11 Jason movies. Oh, Jesus, Pete. Because Jason oh X God. was the most recent, like, one. Didn't he also do And Jason then there versus, was, like, a uh, reboot. Oh, the, uh, I guess if you counted Freddy versus Jason, it would be 12. Who wins? Uh, neither. Because technically it was supposed to be Jason. Or no, Jason. But at the very end, like, kind of post-credits, it shows Jason coming out of the water and then... You know, they kind of do a throwback to the original where Jason, or Freddy grabs him and drowns him back under, so. Huh. It's it's kind of a toss-up, but I don't know. I, I think uh, Freddy kind of stole the show in that movie. Yeah. I, I do like that character more. I did see the remake of Friday the 13th. Is that what it is? Friday the 13th? Nightmare on Elm Street. I saw the remake. The guy that plays uh, Rorschach mm-hmm. plays um, mm-hmm. Freddy. I enjoyed that one. I thought it was good. I, I don't think I watched it. It's it's not bad. If you're a yeah. fan of the original, you probably wouldn't like it. A lot of people didn't no. like it. I think I started watching it. I just couldn't. Well, because because it, it wasn't England. My issue with it is that they kind of turned Freddy Krueger into a child molester. In that, oh yeah, that he was movie. a total chomo in that. <laughs> and well, uh, wait, no, I don't think he was like actually a chomo, but they they assumed that he was. Yeah, that's why all like all the parents killed him. Yeah, it is was that, always insinuated. I mean. You is it like the I original mean, story? He, That's he was pretty, yeah, it was pretty bad. Man, because <clears throat> remember they had a TV series that was on for a while too. Oh, I didn't really? know about that at yeah, all. Yeah, they had a TV series where it was like different Freddy stories every night. It was oh like, no shit! Wow. Sounds like fun. Yeah, growing up in like the '80s and the early '90s, like we used to have this thing called Creature Feature. So late at night on Saturdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, there would always be a monster movie on. That's pretty cool. And like Elvira had her Elvira. own show oh, for a while. Elvira. And the Crypt Keeper. I mean, the Crypt oh, yeah. Keeper. That was Tales, from the yep. yeah. Yeah. Tales from the Crypt. Or is it, was no, it Creep, Creep Show? No, Creep Show was a movie, wasn't it? No, Creep Show was also a TV show, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. The only one I know of like that was uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. No, that's not No, no that's kind of like a like riff tracks kind of thing where they watch bad movies yeah. and oh, is that what it joke is? about it. I never I mean, actually it, watched it. It's it's pretty funny. It's it's definitely worth watching. It's on Netflix now. But if, if you like <laughs> stuff like... Uh, it's everywhere. Like, uh, <laughs> I know Red Letter Media's got a show called Half in the... Or not Half in the Bag, but Best of the Worst. And it's just, you know, they sit around and watch, like, three bad movies. And it's just <laughs> them riffing on the movie the whole time. And it's surprisingly entertaining. Huh. Very. I didn't know they had a, a series for Friday the 13th. God damn it. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Street. They had a Friday the 13th one, too. Really? <laughs> yeah, but it was totally different. Like, so there was this shop. And people would go out and buy messed up antiques. And bring them into the shop. And... Um, it was this group, these three people that would hunt down the, the items and take them back because they were like devil items and they would like possess the people that owned them. And oh, interesting. They would like oh, wow. do good, but then also do bad. It reminds me of that Rick and Morty episode. It is the Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yeah. Where the, the devil has yeah. that antique shop. Yeah, that's and exactly what it was. Rick figures out all the things. Another really good show right at the same time. I mean, this was before X-Files, pre-X-Files. So, uh, they did a War of the Worlds show. That was awesome. It was War of the Worlds show. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. I've seen the original really War of the Worlds from like yeah. 19... Oh, it's my favorite. I love the I radio the show. I I love the radio program. It's one of my no, favorite No, it was things. the 50s. My dad went to it in a drive through theater, or drive-in theater, excuse me, and he remembers that that movie was so scary. He like got in underneath the, da- the dashboard, like the glove box, because he couldn't watch the movie because it was too scary. And have you seen the original War of the Worlds? Like, it's cheesy as fuck. <laughs> it was made in like 1952. I mean... It's an old ass, yeah. cheesy ass movie. But that but that concept had never really been, con- you know, conveyed. Well, yet. that and um, the 
original War of the Worlds was a story that uh, Orson Welles did on the radio. Yeah, and it, it and caused people freaking people thought it was panic. real. They were like phone lines were backed mm-hmm. up for people calling nine one one because they thought it was real. Shit's scary. Yeah, people were shooting <laughs> in the sky with their shotguns. Yeah, people were shooting yeah, into the sky crazy. and shit. Like that's mob mentality. Because it yeah. just came on like a PSA. Like it, it, he didn't, you know, come on and say, "Hey, this mm-hmm. is Orson Welles." But this they knew they had advertised it a few times before. Right. They try and get him. It was they, he told everybody he did, but they really the the. What is it? The FCC? Who controls the radio? FCC. Yeah, I think it's the FCC. They came down really hard on him. Like, yeah. Well, they were probably, always really hard on him. Anyways. He was probably drunk too. Have you ever seen his champagne commercial? <laughs> it is the best commercial. Oh my God. <laughs> ah, the French. <laughs> it's just the way he does the odds. No, the French. <laughs> He's so fucking lit the whole episode. Oh, it's fantastic. Have you seen the the final cut of the commercial? Yeah, they where, dubbed over him. Yeah. yeah. They had him record it in the morning when he was sober, and they dubbed over his his footage <laughs> because he couldn't oh read God. the lines. He was too drunk. Uh, I have an honorable mention. Um, I don't know which Insidious it is. No, not Insidious. What's the one with uh, the Warren couple? The Conjuring. The not the Conjuring. The ones that came after that. Annabelle. Not Annabelle. Same dude though. Conjuring. The one with the nun. Oh, the nun. <laughs> there was a movie called The Before Nun. Before The Nun. Like, she's a character, and then they did a movie about her. But she was a character. I think it is it Insidious. It was a Conjuring Part 2. I think it's Insidious 2. Yeah, it's Insidious 2. Yeah. That's what it was. Because yeah. I, I had it mixed up with Sinister, the one with uh, the Dybbuk. That yeah. was Sinister, wasn't it? I don't like those movies. Oh, well, anyway. There's a scene in Insidious 2, I believe. Freaky. Where um, we're really free. The, the, <laughs> I don't like the little girl is possessed, and uh, they want to talk to the ghost. So I've shown you the scene on yes. YouTube. Oh man! And and what they do is they have the little girl hold water in her mouth, and the Warren guy he turns his back to to the girl, and how they do the shot is they they change the depth of field so she's blurry in the background, and they just have the shot on him, but during the conversation you can kind of see her shape morph into the figure of an old man, and because she, she's possessed by this his name's Bill it's an old mm-hmm. ghost, and uh, you can see her. Her form morph into the the form of oh, Bill, weird. and it's it's terrifying Conjuring. how they do it. Which one is it? Insidious Two, Insidious I believe, two. is is the one. It's if we're wrong, correct us. Please shoot us an email or something. We'll correct it, correct <laughs> it next episode. But um, that scene is brilliantly done. And then you know when they're done talking, they just turn around. And it's a little girl, and she puts the water back in the cup. <sighs> it's fucking nuts. That whole scene was crazy. The Warrens actually came out as as uh, liars. Everything they did was fake, except the Annabelle doll. That hmm. I think was not proven to be real, but hmm. there is an actual doll that all that was based off of. Oh yeah, she's in some museum somewhere in this glass box that says "Do not open," like under any circumstances. There's a couple of dolls like that. There's another doll that um, is kind of like uh, known to be possessed to to like come alive and fuck with you if like you Chucky? have Chucky. Yeah. Um, Has anybody seen? The it's new like Chucky? a sailor sailor doll. I, I don't remember sailor what it's doll. called. Yeah. I don't think we've heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Chucky, apparently the new Child's Play is fantastic. If anybody's seen it or not, Mark Hamill plays. Mark it. Hamill plays Chucky. I haven't seen wow. it. They they changed it up. Wasn't the original Chucky um, the soul of a serial killer? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a like a witch witchcraft ritual or something. Yeah. yeah. He was in black magic, but he was also mm-hmm. like a criminal. Wasn't he dead? Like in hell, and he got summoned into the body of the. No, I he did seen the, the spell and put himself in the body of Chucky, but I don't think that's how it was originally supposed to go. I think he was trying to take over somebody else's body. It's been a long time since I've seen the original. Interesting. But I think he was trying to take over somebody else's body, 
and somehow he ended up getting put in the doll, and he was pissed and went crazy. <laughs> the new one, um, they it's like an AI in the doll that goes nuts and starts killing people. Oh. And Aubrey, to show how old we're getting, Aubrey Plaza plays a mom oh. to like a 12-year-old kid. She perpetually looks like 22. So it's pretty crazy. She barely mm-hmm. looks like she's 18. I know, it's it's crazy. And she's totally in love with Chris Pratt. <laughs> as I'm not as she should. It, uh, everybody should be. Mm. Um, I lost my train of thought. There was a horror movie I saw when I was a kid. And you guys can help me because you've seen more horror movies. It was like a little tiki doll thing and there's a scene I remember where the guy gets it trapped in a briefcase or no I think it was a chick she gets it trapped in the briefcase and it has a little knife and it keeps stabbing through the briefcase and she keeps trying to grab the knife and cutting up her fingers I don't remember the movie though is that like the leprechaun I don't think it was leprechaun Uh, was it one of the puppet master movies maybe it was the only that was the only thing in the movie that was Mm -hmm. killing people I don't think oh. it must. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about, though. I can't. I can't picture it. I don't think it was Critters. No, because <laughs> Critters is like a kind of a Gremlins knockoff, but it was a little more original. It's the mm. only good Gremlins knockoff. I've never seen Gremlins either. Great series. Yeah. <laughs> They're <laughs> probably perfect movies, both of them. With uh, Gremlins Two being arguably the best sequel ever. I don't know, man. Terminator Two. Nah, we were just talking about. That. In terms of just <laughs> execution and what what Joe Dante actually did with with the movie uh, it's it breaks the fourth wall it, it just it takes everything that was gremlins and just goes off the rails in the best kind of way so it's, it's like the division too like took everything good from the first one and made it better in the second one I would say so uh, I've never played the division so I wouldn't know but well, that's uh, what they did gremlins yeah. too shout, shout outs to Joe Dante excellent excellent film yeah we'll get him on the show <laughs> Before we get too off track, Will, your horror movies. Uh, yes. Um, so, for my favorite horror movie, um, this one really, really screwed with me when I was younger. Um, it's uh, the film adaptation of Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Um, Red Pyramid was by far the scariest shit of my childhood. Um, the scene where he's walking up the stairs and rips the skin off of the kid... Um, in, in the alternate dimension and throws the entire like sack of skin at the door while they're all running will forever be seared in my mind. Was, and that was also, I believe, a practical effect. Ooh. The skin was, yes. Yeah. And small correction, not to shame you, it's Pyramid Head is what it's called. Mm, I yeah. don't know. He's called Pyramid Head Pyramid, in the games. Are you sure? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it wasn't a kid. She was like 22. Anyway... <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I don't, I don't mean to nitpick. I'll stop. Um, for, my, for my least favorite, I know I'm probably going to piss some people off for this, but it, it's a tie um, because I watched both of these movies all the way through to the end, and I was a little younger. I was probably like 11 or 12, so it, they should have scared the shit out of me for as scary as people said they were. But um, the first one, and probably a little shittier of the two, would have to be Cloverfield. I mm. did not like that movie at all. I thought it was mm-hmm. just Garbage. horrible. Yeah, I thought it was pretty bad. Wait, I've never seen it. It's a headache-inducing no. yeah, nightmare. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> was it like all handy cam? It's all handheld, but like camcorder It's style. not even like they're trying to keep it steady. They're literally just like all over the place with it. And I always heard it was okay. No, I don't know why, because I heard the same thing. But you know, Wasn't it J.J. Abrams? Yep. Was it? Yes, it was. Was there a lot of lens flare? Oh, yeah. Then it was J.J. Abrams. Yeah, it was bad, though. It was so bad. I'll have to watch it. 
Um, and then the other one, um, and it was so bad I didn't even wa try to watch any of the sequels because I think they had like three sequels of this movie. Um, but it was Paranormal Activity, mm. the original one. That one I do disagree with you on. Yeah? Yeah. Because it just, I didn't find it scary at all. I think you and I had this discussion before at Desert Ridge. Um, Probably, yeah. Because I just, I can't, I've, I've seen it again. I do not find that movie scary at all. The, the first one is, <clears throat> well, nobody's seen the original cut. The first one, the first, first paranormal activity was made for like, they, they had like a budget of 10 grand. And it was released in maybe like one theater, like the director's hometown. It was released. It was only like an hour long. And then everybody saw it and saw how fucking scary and well done he did. And they just threw money at him. Like, okay, remake it. We'll put it in every theater. Um, but his subtlety in that movie is fantastic. But it's not like a true horror movie. It was more... <coughs> Paranormal uh, Activity? Yeah, it was that more like, movie, like Blair Witch Project. When I watched that movie for the first time, it had been out forever. Never really had much interest. So I watch it. And I watch it by myself. Not easily scared, easily spooked. But their bedroom and my bedroom were eerily, eerily similar. Um, um, it freaked me out. It did. I was freaked out, grown-ass man. Because <laughs> my room looked exactly like it. Like how their door would always sit open, that's how my door would sit open. Oh, man. I couldn't Creepy let my door out. sit open after that. Should I was it? never happier to move out of a house than that house. <laughs> I think we should actually honorable, honorable mention Blair Witch Project. Mm. The first one. None of the sequels, but the original was masterfully done. Not necessarily in, like, composition of the movie, but how they handled marketing with the movie. They didn't have any of the actors go out in public or do any interviews or anything for a year after that movie because they wanted it to have the illusion of it being actual found footage, like a documentary. And then the last 13 seconds of that movie are fucking terrifying. The whole movie is just a build-up for that last 12 seconds. And it's fantastic. I thought they did the first, Blair, for the first Blair Witch very well. But if you didn't like Paranormal Activity, I, I think the second one is superior. I think it's better. Yep. Because they had a bigger budget, and they had more scares and shit in it. And that mm. scene with the fan... Yeah, they're freaky, dude. Oh, man. That scene is intense. Yeah? But I think more than, than being scary, I think those movies are meant to be more... It's more to build tension. They're, make, they're supposed to keep you uneasy throughout the entire movie. Okay. I don't know if they're meant to be super scary. I can see that. But if if you didn't like the original Paranormal Activity, check out Paranormal Entity on Netflix. It was more of a B-budget movie, and it was made around the same time as Paranormal Activity during that really big height of found footage, and it was a lot fucking better. I think it was called Paranormal Entity. I, that it's a lot a better. It was made by... It, it almost seems like a student film with really high production value, but... It was a lot scarier. The story was a lot more brutal. It was really well done. Okay. But it was in the same type as, as Paranormal Activity. Yeah, for sure. And you said it Another was on Another good one. It was on Netflix. That, that was when I was in college in like 2010. Uh, so I don't know if it's still on Netflix. Phoenix <laughs> Lights. Are the lights of Phoenix or... Phoenix Lights sounds right. Based Phoenix on lights. the actual... Yeah, that's Phoenix done in that lights, style. Right? It's actually pretty good. Is it? I, I actually don't. I've never heard it. Yeah. I've never seen the movie. I know it's all recent. about the actual... Um, happenstance but yeah that's a real it, thing isn't yeah it? yeah but the movie goes way off on a tangent oh. but it's still good it's still good you gotta love those ones yeah. yeah but if you didn't like that check out paranormal entity mm. i'll see if i can find it and we'll, we'll watch it it yeah. was good it was one of those movies we we got drunk and watched during college thinking it was going to be like um what's that slasher movie where the turkey kills everyone thanks killing we thought <laughs> oh it was going to be like that 
It's a f- terrible. Yeah, actually, that should be my entry for bad movie. <laughs> like, <sighs> it's such a bad fucking movie. It's basically a giant turkey that goes around killing people because they ate turkeys at Thanksgiving. It is oh so horrible and so bad. We thought it was gonna be like that, but then the paranormal entity turned out to be a really good flick. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. So honorable mention, paranormal entity. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Shout out. Yeah. Till. Um. Oh, wait, you were, were you finished? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. that's that's it. That's okay. your turn, yeah. Um, well, you said Halloween. Somebody said Halloween wasn't a horror movie, but I, 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 I that's one of my them, favorites. I okay. consider them slashers. I think they're categorized as slashers. What about Signs? Would you consider that a horror signs movie? Signs would be a horror movie. Okay, and that's one of my favorites then. Or and would then, Signs be a thriller? It's a, probably a horror suspense, I would yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it definitely scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Like, I couldn't even, like, go upstairs alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Like, after that movie, I was, I never, I had, like, this big green tree in my backyard, and I would just always think the alien was going to come out of it, like, <laughs> it was just bad. My dad took us to that one like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my, that's that my dad did too, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was so fucking scary. I remember I showed it to one of my friends afterwards, and he was hiding behind a pillow, you know, at that one scene when the alien comes out, for about, and he was just, like, he looked, looking, like, his belly up his pants, and he just screamed like a woman, like, <laughs> this is my male friend, okay? fucking died okay it was hilarious he was that just was so fucking scary one of those few Shyamalan movies that was still good yeah oh, he started yeah, really yeah, dropping yeah, off yeah, yeah. but that was like his last good one they screwed up they ruined it in the end of the movie when they show the alien yeah that, that was, was yeah ruins was the whole stupid. movie yeah. Yeah, but it's I mean, like white noise Billy, the music yeah, is so shit. great oh okay? yeah like, that's why I like Halloween so much too is because uh, John Carpenter did the music that's great that's just great that's John like, Carpenter did the music yeah uh-huh. he does the music for all of his movies Man, that dude's yeah, like yeah, yeah. He's multi-talented. Yeah, master. So, but like that, that you know, the, the theme song for Halloween. You know, that's like forever. Like everybody, Halloween's playing that shit when you walk up to their door. You know, it's it's like you know, it's great. You know, yeah. So iconic. Uh, what about Jeepers Creepers? I thought that was a good one. Uh, oh, uh, no, just, Justin Long. That's a oh shit. my god! Yeah, you see yeah, that? That was really good. Yeah, that Jeepers good. Creepers is you, scary. You really AF. haven't gotten a good monster movie that scared you. Jeepers Creepers years. was fucking freaky, though. Because he, he is he the monster. Drive, he's like, what? Like, that, 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 that freaking license plate, you know? Be eating you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. It. It's Justin just like, so good. Yeah, Justin like, Long. Two is good, is good too, though. Two is just like a yeah. pure monster film? But I remember they keep, like, no, you go to Fear no. Farm. It's, it'll scare shit They had a whole you. thing where they go in the, the bus and the Jeepers Creepers monster, you know, chases you. Like, it was like a thing at Fear Farm. I don't know if you guys know what Fear Farm is, but... Shout out to Fear Farm. Fear, shout out yeah, to Fear Farm. Shout out to Fear Farm. We should go. I'm serious. Where he lives. I'm not going to drop any spoilers, but where he lives freaks me out. Oh, the monster? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's the scariest part where he drives the truck. Ugh. So the reason I say it's, it's not like a pure monster movie is because he is still kind of a humanoid. It's it's almost like a mix between a monster He's and like a, a slasher demon. film. He's like a it's, demon, though. It's got a bit of elements of both. It's like wings, oh, that's crazy, man. dude. It's an it's a fairly scary. original. Freak me the fuck out for a while. In terms of like just kind of smashing genres together and still making something that's disgusting. Yeah. Did they ruin it at the at the end? Like so many horror movies do. Not really. So it was just like an enjoyable flick throughout. Jeepers yeah. Creepers? Yeah. Oh, it was great. It'll oh, it's great. You out. You'll like it. it. Yeah, we, we should watch it. I'm serious. It's we'll, great. We'll watch I'm not watching it alone. I'll watch it with you. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Last time I did that was, <laughs> was Emily Rose, and I'm not doing that shit again. Oh, man. Oof. That was a bad situation. I love that movie, though. Bad, I have not seen that situation. movie. Great nomination. Dude, it's fantastic. It's so good. I don't think I've seen that one either. I actually own it, and it's on every everything. I don't, I don't like yeah. that. I don't like the possession shit. That freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. Most you know, of them like suck. demonic stuff. Ugh, most, I don't know. Most of them suck. She did a fantastic job, just because of her. Honestly, yeah. 
but they did a really subtle job with it. I'm a big fan of subtlety, mm-hmm. and they, they that movie is very subtle, and they do a really good job with it. And but the storyline is storyline was too. fantastic. It was based off a real chick. It was a a German girl that was basically killed through um, neglect because. Yeah. They thought she was possessed. Yeah, so they didn't give her any medication. Yeah, no medication, no food. She was yeah. basically starved. Yeah. Um, yeah, because God needed to cleanse her soul. Good What's Lord. the word? Emaciated? Is yeah, the word? she was yep. hangry AF. There was a rumor <laughs> during <laughs> during that movie in the, the courtroom scene, they play a tape of her exorcism, and there was a rumor that that was the actual tape from, I heard about from her exorcism. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was true or not, but in the vein of creature movies, it wasn't true. <laughs> I, I'm not going to hijack. I'm just going to plug a... To show my age, honorable mention. But uh, did any of you see When Darkness Falls? I think I've seen that. That cheesy, like, Tooth Fairy movie from when we were yeah. kids. Yeah. But the Tooth Fairy movie was oh, all yeah, fucked I've seen up that. and it was like a witch. Yeah. Oh. The movie is fantastic up till the end. So in the same vein as Science, where they ruin it in the end, they show this chick, and her, her build is scary. Like, her design is really fucking creepy. But uh, the main character dude, like, knocks her mask off. And it's this, like, dead witch face, but she's missing a tooth. <laughs> she's, like, she te- steals people's teeth and shit. <laughs> when she explodes, like, a bunch of teeth fall to the ground. Like, it was so fucking dumb. But up until that point, the movie's fantastic. Oh, God, it was so stupid. So stupid. Same with Signs. Mm. Whole movie's fantastic till they show the end. Music just was great. Dumb. Music's fantastic. Shyamalan, when he actually tries... His movies are fantastic. Like no, and he's lost his oh, he lost his great. Village was fantastic. No, the village sucked. What? Until the twist. The village Ugh. was fantastic until the twist. Okay, whatever. I saw that in theaters too. Oh, uh, we'll do a, an episode in our movie podcast about Avatar. We'll we'll talk about that bullshit. Wait, are you talking about The Last Airbender? Avatar? Yeah. yeah oh, Shyamalan's movies. Oh, was, God. Oh, God. Damn. CGI was cool. You're rallying me up. The rest of it. <laughs> I want to rally you up. <laughs> oh, man. But most of Shyamalan's movies are bad. Glass wasn't bad. I just recently watched Glass. It was oh. good. I didn't see Split, but apparently Split's really good. Unbreakable is a phenomenal movie. That's a good movie. That's like the yeah. only one that's good. That's the one We're talking said. about horror movies. We didn't mention The Sixth Sense. <laughs> Oh, oh, that was well, Shyamalan. Come on, everybody knows that. That one. movie's fantastic. I liked yeah, the Lady in, in the Water. I enjoyed Lady I enjoyed in the Water. It. That was I good really too. Did. A little confusing. Trish. I, I, the dude with the giant right arm cracked See, me up. Like, yeah, because I've seen that dude. Family Guy episode <laughs> where where Quagmire <laughs> finds internet porn, <laughs> yeah. and I just I couldn't take it seriously after that. Because he comes out of his house and one of his arms is massive. <laughs> yeah, he's been whacking it so much. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm I'm done hijacking. Yeah. What's your What's your worst horror movie? Um, frogs. Frogs. Have any of you guys ever seen that? Oh shit! That's where the people die, like for like snake bites or like the frogs attack people and they die. It's really stupid. Is it an older movie? Yeah, it's nineteen seventy two. Yeah, I think. yeah, I've seen oh, that. Uh, Sam Elliott's in it. Oh uh, yeah. Um, Fuck, it is love, cheesy. As I that fucking shit. love Sam Elliott. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, he grows, a, he grows a mean mustache. Yeah. Isn't there a, a fight at the end where he fights like a whole bunch of freaking like frogs? Yeah. Like, legit. Yeah. Like he, he fights frogs. He yeah, fights it's, it's, it's stuff. really stupid. They were like going at him, and he was like. Oh, yeah, like it's fighting really them. It's really stupid. It's really stupid. It's like uh, the movie Komodo, where they're literally just fighting like two Komodo dragons. The whole movie. No they kill like nine people, and it's just a couple Komodo dragons. They're not even that fast. They just run away or run them over. Maybe they were like mutated or some shit. It's like Deep Impact. It's like oh. it's terrible, but great movies to watch. Frogs. I've never heard of frogs. It's it's pretty great. Was it There's also one called Birds. 
Well, The Birds. Yeah. The Hitchcock movie. Mm. No, 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 no. There's, there's a different there's a, there's one. There's another it's one. It's a horror movie where people get attacked by birds and die. That's what happens in The Birds. Yeah, well, I, I, just, I don't know. There's probably a remake. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Are, these, talking about are they just trying to, like, get on the coattails of Hitchcock? I don't know, maybe. Because The Birds is a fantastic movie. Yeah. So maybe that's what Frogs was supposed to be. I don't know. Frogs was terrible. Is it kind of like Slither? Like, it's like a comedy horror? No, it, it was meant to be serious. No, yeah, they no. took it seriously. It was yeah, the 70s. It was, it was serious. It was the 70s. But it's just Frogs. Yeah. yeah, but they were like, they just frogs. Step on them. Yeah, they were like, it was like all the animals were like evil. Yeah, like it was kind of like, kind of like the happening. Where it was like they, a swamp. Except a- animals instead of the the trees. Oh, the happening. That was Back terrible. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's another confused one. Mark Wahlberg. Honest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the chick in the house when they stop in that that lady's house. You're not gonna rape me, are you? Where does that come from? <laughs> right? Like, who wrote that fucking line? Why would you think that that would be something that's a, that someone says? It's, it's like a, the whole the the scene in um, This Is the End, where they mentioned, okay, well she's gonna think when Emma Emma Watson comes to the house, then start talking about we need to make sure that she knows we're not gonna rape her. Like that shouldn't even be a conversation. <laughs> so, yeah. it shouldn't even be in the conversation. Yeah. It's dumb as shit. And they call it out in the movie, like why are you even bringing that up? No, no one was talking about that. <laughs> God, the happening was such a dumb movie. Had some great deaths though. Yeah, yeah. Except for the lion one, that didn't make any sense. Lions usually wouldn't just attack you, would right? They? And just go. Well, zoo if, lions. Maybe if you smelled like endorphins Meat? or something. Yeah, it, it's possible. It's not really. They need in a while. Yeah, really yeah, yeah I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Lawnmower scene was cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that was gnarly, dude. That was fucking gnarly. Holy shit. There yeah. were some good scenes in that movie. Yeah. It wasn't a complete loss, but it still kind of really sucked. I do a lot of the B horror movies are great because just because their death scenes are so ridiculous, <laughs> right? Oh my god, there's some really good ones. Josh, my favorite, turn. my favorite, and it, it's undisputed because it's all it'll always be a classic. Is The Shining, without a doubt, always. Uh, I, I love every part of it. I, I think even now, for for how long it's been since since it actually started. Uh, it's it's beautiful. Everything about it is beautiful, and even the acting still stands up today. Oh yeah, well it's, it's Nicholson. I mean, it's also Kubrick. Kubrick was like notoriously hard on his actors, just to get that how well their performances were. Probably because they're on their 80th take doing <laughs> that scene. Oh yeah. There's that joke that uh, the moon landing was faked, but it was directed by Kubrick, so he shot it on location. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mention for it is probably Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So great. That's the one I was trying to think of the other day. Yeah. Yeah. So great. Uh, worst. Oh God, there there's so many. Uh, I I I would just say just because I hate M Night Shyamalan, The Happening is the fucking worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I hate M Night Shyamalan for a passion because he made Lady in the Water. I don't know. I don't know why people like that, but it's okay. Then the village was fucking terrible. <laughs> like everything we just gust over. Yeah. He's like, no, all those movies are bad. Right? You guys are stupid. I, just, and I like how he just sat in the corner quietly oh this entire God. time. I just have a personal vendetta for 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 M Night Shyamalan for ruining the Last Airbender. I was gonna say, is it because we'll, of Avatar? We'll talk about that soon enough. What about like Sixth Sense and Unbra- Unbreakable? I, I I thought those were great movies, but then you, you could, it's like a roller coaster. You can see his great movies, and then everything just goes to shit. Yeah, he d- he did have that arc. And now he's just dropped, like drunk Call of Duty. Yeah, he went up to, <laughs> to his peak, which was Six Sense. Signs was good though. I Signs was right. That was right before he yeah. fell off the fence. Right, <laughs> the falling cliff. off the the cliff. That was the last one, I think. <laughs> yeah, he was done after that. Right when he did Avatar, he started getting really bad. Mm-hmm. Scary Movie Three makes fun of Signs. 
they did a good job. Yeah, they did. There's a scene where the sheriff tries to get in her car, but her hat keeps getting yeah. bigger. <laughs> so when she tries to get in her car, it's too big, and she can't fit into the car. It's it's great. <laughs> Charlie Sheen's in that. I yeah, love Charlie Sheen. Fucking Sheen. I gotta man. tell you, there there is a, a new movie out. I think it's 2017 that nobody mentioned. Um, and I think it's just more because it's more suspenseful. But Get Out, really good movie. Oh. I've never seen it. It's wasn't fantastic. that. Um, it, it was labeled as a horror. Yeah, though, it was. It was yeah. a horror. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a a movie length Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. great though. I love it. By well, Jordan Peele. Yeah, he's yeah. doing Twilight. Yeah. Uh, Twilight. Um, he's yeah, producing it. like he's like he's the Rod Sterling character. Yeah. I had no idea he he could do something like that. Nobody it, had it, it that it he had that in him. It was great. Because all, all I knew him from was uh, Key and Peele. 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 Yeah. Which was really great. Which is fantastic. <laughs> he, I mean, he mentioned in Key and Peele that he was a super huge horror flick fan, but he never ever even kind of mentioned that he wanted to make a, a movie like that or write one or anything like that. He just did another one, too. Um, uh, Us. Us. Yeah. Us. Which was fantastic. Which is also just as yes. good as, as Get Out. Well, I don't know if it was as good as Get Out. I would say it was better. Oh, really? I, I enjoyed it more because I think once the twist in Get Out happens, I feel like the movie kind of rushes to the end, whereas... And it, it's not to say anything bad about the movie because I really, really loved Get Out, but I, I just enjoyed how off the rails Us gets by the end. It's, it's very well paced, and it's just kind of... You know, with Get Out, you get to the twist, and then you're not really wondering what's happening anymore. You're just like, all right, how is he going to get away? Whereas with us, it's just the entire movie, every bit of it, you're always wondering, what the fuck is going on? Mm. And, and I, I like movies where I'm constantly wondering what the hell is happening or what's going to happen next. I get it. It's, it's a genuine interest. Like, a good movie draws you in, and you keep wanting to see what's going to happen next. Hmm. I'll have to watch them. Again, not going to watch them alone. <laughs> oh, it's them. it's it's a movie you could watch alone. I, I it's branded as a horror, but I would describe it more as a psychological thriller, huh. with elements of like like home invasion in like the first like third of the movie. But uh, I I never found myself feeling scared or like that I was going to be scared. You know, <laughs> just more like weird. You know, kind of how Get Out is is you kind of just like what the you know it's like kind of weird. Um, you don't feel like you're in danger, though. No, you, you don't feel like something's going to jump out and go boo or, or anything like that. Like The you Conjuring. Know? Yeah, it's not like that. It's it's Fuck totally... I mean, even Us, I would say, is is like a it's like a two-hour-long Twilight Zone episode. I would tell then that he's doing Twilight now. It's perfect. It, it totally fits his style. I, I would tell you that the, the only thing that, that makes me afraid of those movies is the fact that it could actually happen. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, I see. <laughs> I don't know what either of them are about, so this is all new to me. Right. It's all fresh. Well, you don't want to have spoilers then, because it's they're definitely worth seeing without knowing what's going to happen. For that kind of what what is going on kind of effect, it really does does make it an interesting watch. Yeah. I do love this this resurgence of horror films of, of of good horror, like really well done horror. Like we had we had The Witch, uh, Hereditary. Um, same guy that did Hereditary Midsummer, Midsummer which Midsummer. wasn't bad. Um, it was Get Out, a... Us, uh, Brightburn that Brightburn. you were talking about. It Apparently follows. Brightburn's fantastic. Did you see it? Oh, it's great. Uh, I want to um, see that. It's it too follows short, but really it's good. Great. Uh, there was one. What was it called? Drag Me to Hell. It yeah. was apparently really good. Oh, I was gonna mention that earlier. Um, that was I, I guess they're all. You've never seen Drag Me to Hell? No. Oh, uh, I saw it in theaters. It was good. It scared me, like <laughs> genuinely. There was one I Freaky. saw. It had Liv Tyler in it, and uh, that guy from Underworld that played the. 
the, the human is that the hotel or the movie? no it was like the strangers or something oh yeah or, oh, yeah. yeah that one yeah. that was a very uneasy movie and fucking creepy as shit <laughs> it was a good one it came out a while ago what was it, it was called? mid to late 2000s it was, it was like a, the strangers or something it and was called the strangers it's a home invasion movie yeah where it was fucking creepy it's this family like that's out in a or it's this couple that are just like in their house out in kind of the boonies like, it's like their their um honeymoon yeah yeah and just someone knocks on the door one night and then people start trying to break into the house and kill them and fuck? it's creepy and it's well paced and it's, just, well it's, a, it's a good watch. A uh, movie that took that element and took it, knocked it out of the park for me. Uh, Thirty Days of Night. Oh, I yeah. have seen Thirty Days. I've seen most of Thirty movie. Days. Josh Hartnett I have too. That one <laughs> in my collection. So good. There's you can't freaky. go nowhere. You're the vampires. The were ending was bad. I, I didn't like how like they had their own language and shit. And I thought I it was cool. I, I thought the, it was great. It's freaky. I didn't like the design of weird. the vampires. Yeah, yeah, but the ending sucked. Come on. It did. Yeah, it was terrible. It was. Why? Wait, can we spoilers? He injects himself with the freaking uh, with the the vampire blood, right, or whatever. Yeah. And he, he turns into a vampire. He's like, yeah, I'm so gonna kill the kids back. so I can fight them. Yeah, so stupid. But there's a sequel. Yeah, so stupid. But it, it was pretty bad too. Yeah, but, but it's still. based on the fact that there's 30 days a night in Alaska, mm-hmm. which is supposed to freak people out. You know. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, I would another honorable mention, real quick. Twenty eight days later. Yes. That is oh, a zombie yeah. movie, but it is also a straight up horror movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. What was the um, the sequel of that one called? Um, Twenty eight weeks later. Yeah. Isn't Killian Murphy in one of those? He's in the yeah, first he's one. In the first oh, one. I love Killian Murphy. Fantastic. Yeah, the whole thing was shot on like home video cameras. Yeah, I love Killian. Fantastic Murphy. movie. <laughs> is it, uh, Danny Boyle directed it. He's the director of Train Spotting. Yeah, which is, yeah. I mean, not a horror movie, but if you like a good movie about doing heroin, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that scene where the chick chops that dude's arm off with a machete, brutal, dude. That is a brutal movie. So we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break here, and then we'll get to our our creepy pastas. Okay, and we're back from our break. Uh, we're gonna jump into from from horror movies. We're gonna jump into our our short little ghost stories. We just got stuff like those three line short ghost story. Uh, kind of stuff, and then we're going to jump right into our creepypasta, starting with Jeremy. Uh, so, who's got their first sh- short ghost story? Um, suppose I'll take the plunge first. Um, let's do this one. So, don't be scared of the monsters. Just look for them. Look to your left, to your right, under your bed, behind your dresser, in your closet, but never look up. She hates being seen. <laughs> mm. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's freaky. Oh, man. Um, I, I'll do another one. Uh, they celebrated the first successful cryogenic freezing. He had no way of letting them know he was still conscious. Oh, man. That is freaking horrifying. Isn't that an actual thing? Yeah. Like, uh, isn't that one of the problems with cryogenic freezing is there's no way to actually put you to sleep for it? Eventually you'll wake up. I'm talking to my on my ass. I have no idea. Like that, I don't know about that. But like I, that's honestly something that scares me. Like if you were cryogenically frozen, but like sleep paralysis. Yeah, like you wake up but you can't move. Exactly. So you're conscious in there, but you can't move. You can't speak. You, you're hardly breathing. Like you're on the edge of life, but you're conscious of it, and oh, you can't tell anyone about it. You can't even blink. 
That's brutal. So you're just stuck there. It's like being conscious during a surgery, oh. but you're the paralytics have kicked in, so you can't even move your eyes or anything. I'm right? genuinely afraid. But you can't be conscious unless you're breathing, guys. So like, you couldn't be cryogenically frozen and be conscious. It wouldn't be a thing. Well, you still wouldn't you still breathe? Or, well, no, you're frozen. no, no, frozen. Yeah. The the the, the real issue with the cryogenic freezing is that they they can't figure out how to keep your brain from dying. Yeah. That's because, oh, interesting. Okay. Because if water gets in there, uh, like. Once something is frozen, uh, you have to really try hard to prevent crystals from forming because if you have a bunch of microscopic water crystals form in your brain, you're essentially just stabbing millions and millions of tiny holes into your your brain yeah. tissue, and that's that that's yeah, that's, that's counterproductive. That's, that's pretty brutal, yeah. Yeah, Damn. not not good for for living. Although th they they do have footage, and this is pretty gnarly of fish. And frogs that are completely frozen solid, like hard frozen, rock hard, and they just stick them in a in a bucket of lukewarm water, and they thaw out, and they're just fine. Well, yeah. it's a form of uh, hibernation. Yeah, there's a bug yeah, that does that. It'll freeze itself. And they're different than right. us. Yeah, those are fish. Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah. Yes, I, I did not know fish were different from humans. Well, you're not an ichthyologist. That's yeah. that's for bugs. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Your point that is does, moved. Remind me Thank of a story, you. though. <laughs> uh, it's not like a ghost story or anything, but that has happened to me. Not necessarily sleep paralysis, but um, you know how, how humans get that, that kind of bad feeling when you're in a bad room? Yeah. I woke up one night, and I have a cat, for anybody that doesn't know. And um, cats and dogs do this thing where they'll kind of stare off into nowhere. And there's always that theory that cats and dogs can see things that humans can't. And I woke up dark in my room, but there's a couple of corners that were in my room at our other apartment that were darker than the other corners. And this has only ever happened once in the two years we lived there. I woke up. I could move. I was really, you know, tired, so I couldn't move a lot. But I had this horrible dread feeling from one of the corners. It wasn't the other one. It was just one. You know, all the hairs on the back of your neck are up, and you, you feel something is wrong in that room. And my cat was fucking tail puffed up, frozen staring at that corner of the room and uh i tried to reach for my glock but uh, i believe i fell asleep before i could it's probably good because i probably i would have shot the wall <laughs> but the, the one time i woke up in that apartment and that happened it hasn't happened since it hasn't happened in my new apartment but it was horrifying and i will remember it to this day i i too have an interesting animal story so i was living in this house and my roommate had two dogs he had a wine reiner and a Weinreiner Wiesler mix. And they were good dogs, you know, um, went outside, went to their, do their thing outside every time, every time. And I would sleep in my room and I would always close my bedroom door. So I was asleep and I of course think I'm dreaming this. I woke up and saw a lady stare, a blonde haired lady just looking at me through my door. And then I, I thought I was dreaming, I went back to sleep. The next morning, my door was open the exact amount that uh, I remember that lady peeking in at me. And the dogs had shit everywhere in the house. They never did that. I mean, they're massive. It was crazy. But from then to, then on, the dog would just, uh, the female, the little female, the Vizsla Weinreiner mix, would bark at shadows on the wall. Weird. From that, that very next day on, she did it from, from then on. That's Man. crazy. That's crazy. Speaking of woman looking into your room, funny story, kind of ghost story. 
mm-hmm. <clears throat> when we were growing up in, in our old house in South Dakota, um, me and my brother had a bunk bed for a while. And I was pretty young. He, he's three years older than me, so he was, he was older. And he had the, uh, the bottom bunk and I had the top. Or no, I think he had the top and I had the bottom. But this was after our little brother was born. He took my room, so I moved in with my brother. And our room sat, there was our door and then the hallway. And immediately to the left of our door was our parents' room. And uh, sometimes at night, I would wake up and I'd look towards the doorway. And I'd see a pale woman looking out of my mom's room. And it would petrify me. I couldn't move. I was so scared. And I'd just fall back asleep. I'd turn around and, you know, stuff my head in the pillow and I'd fall back asleep. And 20 years later, when me and my brother and our buddy are living in the same apartment in Arizona when we moved down here, Mm -hmm. we were talking about this kind of stuff at night. And uh, we were just out on our porch smoking a cigar and a pipe and stuff like that. Oh, my God. And my brother told me that story that he used to wake up in the middle of the night and he'd see a woman looking out of our mom's room. Now, for, for reference, me and him have never talked about this. Yeah. We never told each other about this happening because it didn't happen that often. <clears throat> and I was like maybe eight when it happened. And I freaked out because apparently 20 years ago, we had both seen the same shit happening on the same nights. So, you know, it wasn't something I saw in a dream. Like, that shit fucking happened. That's yeah. creepy. That is, it freaked me out. <clears throat> me and my ex... Not too long ago, we moved out of an apartment into a house, and right away I noticed this shadow person staring at me at night when I was asleep. I, I thought I was dreaming once again, but you see it over and over. It never messed with me. It was just stood over me and watched me sleep. It was the weirdest thing. Um, so one night I was, I was a little tipsy and I was going to sleep on the couch and my ex-girlfriend came and she shook me. She's like, "Come to bed, come to bed." I'm like, "No, I don't want the shadow person to stare at me." And I had never said anything to her about it before then. And she was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, there's a shadow person that just stares at me, watches me sleep. It's creepy as fuck. And she's like, wait a minute. I see this person too. Oh, Oh, no. And it had been like three months we had been living there. I never said anything. Um, We saged the house and it would go away. It would come back maybe a couple months later. But for the most part, it would go away. All right, so I think uh, Joan over here has a few short stories of his own. So, Alrighty, so these are courtesy of BoredPanda.com. I'm not creative enough to come up with anything on my own, so here's the first one. I wake up, and everything feels wrong. It's too quiet outside. I look out the window and see everyone standing still, looking at my house. Oh, that's weird. Dude. Mm. There's a Black Mirror episode like that. Is it the one where everyone's like recording that lady on yeah. on their cell? Yeah. That's like my favorite torture. episode. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, the the twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you have like two? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find it here. So this one's a bit shorter. Uh, this one I kind of like more than the last one. So here goes. There was a picture in my phone of me sleeping. I live alone. <laughs> I found I um there used to be a website called uh oh what the hell was it called? It was it was like a hub for every website on in on the internet and you'd push a button and it would send you to a random website. Oh, uh stumbleupon.com. Stumbleupon. Yeah, that's what it was. And uh I I'm a big fan of paranormal stuff, you know, hence the podcast. And you could select your 
what you liked and it would send you to websites like that mm-hmm. and there were tons of websites that always had those little short ones like that one showed up a lot on mm-hmm. those lists yeah it was great, great. Uh, so we'll jump into the creepypastas uh, Jeremy if you want to kick things off okay I have one um, this one's actually one I read when I was a kid and scared the shit out of me um, basically because it was actually based on an actual object and I think it's folklore I think it's from Maryland um, but it, I can actually show you the actual Black Aggie, which is the name of the story. Okay. So we'll have a link in the description so y'all can see it too. Yes. Uh, Black Aggie basically is this tombstone that's made out of black marble in the shape of a a grieving angel. Interesting. And in the day, she just looked... She broke your heart. She was grieving. The, The sculptor just really outdid himself. But at night, that's when it was spooky. Like, she had a shroud... And you couldn't see her face in the darkness. All you saw was the shroud until you got right up to her. So I'm going to go ahead and read the story. Um, I'm actually getting this from uh, AmericanFolklore.net. It was exerted from Spooky, Maryland. Um, I believe I, I read this story when I was a kid. It came from a different book, but I can't remember exactly which book. So it's it's been around there. <clears throat> so here I go. When Felix Angus put up the life-size shrouded bronze statue of a grieving angel... Seated on a pedestal in the August, excuse me, in the Angus family plot in the Druid Ridge Cemetery, he had no idea what he had started. The statue was a rather eerie figure by day, frozen in a moment of grief and terrible pain. At night, the figure was almost unbelievable, unbelievably creepy. The shroud over its head obscuring the face until you were right up on it. There was a living air about the grieving angel, as if its arms could really reach out and grab you if you weren't careful. It didn't take long for rumors to sweep through the town and surrounding countryside. They said that the statue, nicknamed Black Aggie, was haunted by the spirit of a mistreated wife who lay beneath her feet. The statue's eyes would glow red at the stroke of midnight, and any living person who returned the statue's gaze would immediately and instantly be struck blind. Any pregnant woman who passed by her shadow would miscarry. If you sat on her lap at night, the statue would come to life and crush you to death in her dark embrace. If you spoke her name three times at midnight in front of the dark mirror, the evil angel would appear and pull you down to hell. They also said the spirits of the dead would rise from their graves on dark nights and gather around the statue at night. People began visiting the cemetery just to see the statue, and it was Then that a local fraternity decided to make the Statue of Grief part of their initiation rites. Black Aggie, sitting where candidates for membership had to spend the night crouched beneath the statue with their backs to the grave of General Angus, became popular. One dark night, two fraternity members accompanied New Hopeful to the cemetery and watched while he took his place underneath the creepy statue. The clouds had obscured the moon that night, and the whole area surrounding the dark statue was filled with a sense of anger and malice. It felt as if a storm were brewing in that part of the cemetery. And to their chagrin, the two fraternity members noticed that gray shadows seemed to be clustering around the body of the frightened fraternity candidate crouching in front of the statue. Would have been a funny initiation rite suddenly took on an air of danger. One of the fraternity brothers stepped forward in alarm to call out to the initiate, As he did, the statue above the boy stirred ominously. The two fraternity brothers froze in shock as the shrouded head turned towards the new candidate. 
They saw the gleam of glowing red eyes beneath the concealing hood as the statue's arms reached out towards the cowering boy. With shouts of alarm, the fraternity brothers leapt forward to rescue the new initiate, but it was too late. The initiate, excuse me, initiate gave one horrified yell, and then its body disappeared into the embrace of the dark angel. The fraternity brothers skidded to a halt as the statue thoughtfully rested its glowing eyes upon them. With gasps of terror, the boys fled from the cemetery before the statue could grab them too. Hearing the screams, a night watchman hurried to the Angus plot. To his chagrin, he discovered a body of a young man lying at the foot of the statue. The young man had apparently died of fright. The disruption caused by the statue grew so acute that the Angus family finally donated it to the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. The grieving angel sat for many years in a storage there, never again to plague the citizens visiting the Druid Heart Hill Park Cemetery. Oh man. man, and that's based off a true story. That is a true. Um, well, oh, I don't know. I wasn't there. If it was a true story, but that is, if you Wikipedia, that's her. She was in the Smithsonian for years and years. And when I originally read the story, she was just in a back room. They have since moved her, so she's on display in Maryland. I think in Washington D.C. somewhere. I had it. My work sometimes uh, sends me up there. I might uh, see if I can go look at it. Dude, that would be dope. Take some pictures once we uh, uh, create yeah. the Instagram. And she is creepy looking. If you Wikipedia, um, let me type in Black Agate real quick. That's nuts. Yeah, oh, that's man. really cool. Wow. That's really mm. cool. You got to wonder uh, if it yeah, was just... if it was intentionally sculpted that way. Mm. That during the day you could see her face, but at night you couldn't. You could only see the shroud. Yeah. Um... I was reading in Wikipedia. Let me see if I can pull it up. I know, Wikipedia. <laughs> Some things can be trusted, except for that yeah. one. This guy was, uh, every time he got drunk, he would increase the size of Louisiana by, like, a few feet. <laughs> and I think he got, like, a few hundred feet before somebody realized and, sk- and snitched on him. And so he lost all rights to edit Wikipedia pages. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Wikipedia. Yeah. It says in 1891, allegorical figure popularly called grief which is what the, the sculptor called her grief when he made her grief it strikes me as like a horseman name but i know it's not yeah why does it make what does it make me is there a grief this her in the light maybe that reminds me of uh seven deadly sins greed 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 anger all she doesn't that. look that spooky in the light to me i don't know yeah if you see her at midnight you go fucking blind yeah <laughs> that's that's cool Man, that's really cool that is brutal that was a great story. Thank you for that. Joan, I believe you were next. Yep. All right, so mine is a, an internet classic. Uh, I'm sure many of you have probably heard it before. It's definitely not a, uh, a serious creepypasta by any means. I'd say it's more of a parody, but it is my favorite. So I'm going to do my best to uh, read it to you. Man and girl go out to drive under moonlight. They stop at on at a side of road. He turn to his girl and say, Baby, I love you very much. What is it, honey? Our car is broken down. I think the engine is broken. I'll walk and get some more fuel. Okay, I'll stay here and look after our stereo. There have been news report of stairs being stolen. (laughs) Good idea. Keep the doors locked no matter what. I love you, sweaty. 
<laughs> so the guy left to get full for the car. <laughs> After two hours, the girls say, Where is my baby? He was supposed to be back by now. Then the girl hear a scratching sound and voice say, Let me in. The girl doesn't do it, and then after a while, she goes to sleep. The next morning, she wakes up and finds her boyfriend still not there. She gets out to check, and man door hand hook car door. <laughs> I thought it was that story. Is, is, it, That's great. is it legitimately written that way? It is like, genuinely all of the, the spelling errors, sweaty. <laughs> it's, that is exactly how it is written. Man door hand car door? <laughs> There's Ma- a hook on the handle. And man door hand hook car door. <laughs> I, mean, mean, there's a, there's, I mean, there's a hook on the car. Like a, <laughs> uh, yeah, because it, it's like a skate prisoner or whatever is like the backstory, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, like it's based off that, that classic like hook hand yeah. man story, yeah. but uh, courtesy of 4chan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes more sense now. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. 4chan. Man, we should have saved that for the end because I think me and Will's stories are... Yeah, that should have been the comedic relief. Yeah. That should have been the comedy <laughs> well, relief. We can always like chop it around, can't we? No, not really. Mm. It's just it flows. We'll leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> All you right. want to go next? Yeah, let's do this. All right. So mine is called "Why Babies Are Born Screaming." It's a little darker than the last two. God, what a title! Oh dude. man, it's such a good read. This dude, I, I'm not sure. Um, who actually wrote it because I'm getting it off a of creepypasta wiki and the author isn't noted here. Um, it just says credited to Neurolog. So, um, it shout could out be to a you. Username. Uh, yeah. So if you wrote this freaking phenomenal, but, um, let's get started here. Recall your earliest childhood memory. How old are you in this memory? Four, five, Delavip, uh, Delavip, man, this guy is really good. Developmental neuroscience tells us that we do not form episodic memories before the age of three. Supposedly, memories from before this time are merely phantoms, errors in the brain's memory that, uh... I apologize. Errors in the brain's memory formation process. Ordinary uh, daydreams mislabeled as fact. This is what the current research tells us, anyway. It is important that you know this information. Bear with me, reader. I will not waste your time with endless foreplay. Here is my story. I'm a graduate student studying linguistics. My work often overlaps that of neuroscience in the neuroscience department. I have made my many contacts there. One such contact is the subject of this story. We will call him DV. DV is also a graduate student. He studies memory. He uses a procedure called transcranial magnetic stimulation. This procedure uses magnetic radiation to activate targeted portions of the brain. Imagine a magic wand you can just point at a cluster of neurons and say, dance, and they dance. Two months ago, DV asked me to assist him in a pet project that he was developing. He, was assi- he has assisted me in the past when I was learning uh, to use my EEG for my research, so I owed him a great deal. I had no choice but to help him out with his work as well. DV is what I have insisted. Uh, DV is what I have instead of friends. I arrived at this lab after hours, as requested. He has waited by the door. He was wearing his lab coat. It was way too big for his frame, 
swallowed his shoulders, and he looked so childlike. Are you ready? he asked. Ready for what? I asked. He had not told me any details about his project. I just needed to practice focusing the machine, he said. I'm, I'm targeting an area of the brain that no one has ever targeted before in this practice. I consented with little hesitation. He had happily served me in my model subject before, learning the EEG. Academia is built upon exchange of favors. Besides, this machine doesn't even break the skin. I made myself comfortable in his examination chair. It had leather wrist restraints, but they were never used. I was facing a bay window. The lab was high on the campus hill. The night loomed heavy over the orange city lights. A few cars floated along the highway. Just try to relax, Stevie said. His breath was minty, with undercuts of gin. He turned the magic wand on, and I felt the familiar buzz of electricity behind my scalp. The vibrations converged on the points just behind my ears, on both sides of my head. The points began to burn. My hair stood on end. How do you feel? D.V. asked. He was whispering, but his voice was thick with anticipation. I think he already knew the answer to this question. Before I could respond, I heard a cry from down the hall. Someone was screaming in the stairwell. Someone was howling like an animal shot through the leg. I heard flesh cracking, her tendons popping. I heard a voice choking on words. Someone was vomiting up my name in the stairwell. I, I, I think I need to take a break, I said. I tried to turn to look to DV, but it felt as though hands were holding my, hand, my head in place. I tried to move my hand, but I found the wrist straps had been fastened. How, how long have I been here? I asked. No one responded. The moaning down the hall grew closer. Someone was pounding on the doors. They were locked. The door to the lab wasn't locked when I came in. Please, turn it off, I said. The current from the machine felt like lightning coursing behind my eyes. The window grew larger. The cars and the road skidded out of control. I watched as headlights plunged into the river. I watched headlights careen into each other, crashing and going out of, out of cra <laughs> going crazy. The city lights blinked out, one by one. The darkness of the landscape was so thick, I could wade into it. So I did. I was there, out in the void. There was more distance before me than the Earth's horizon could provide. I was alone for a precious instant. Then the darkness was broken by a man. He was a man from hell, from the hall. He was without skin, muscles and sinew all twitching, veins and arteries spurting blood. I could see his heart shrivel in his chest when he looked at me. He was all slaughterhouse, no humanity. He was so close, I could smell the rotten meat on his silver bones. Do you remember me? He said. His teeth were gritted out like a racehorse. His frame was blurry, as if diagnosed in or dislodged in time. His mouth looked like a slow exposure folder, folded photo of a burning carcass. Yes, I said because I did. When I was a young, young boy, too young to form memories, I had a dream. In this dream, a man wa uh, walked behind me and told me things about the universe I didn't want to know. He was a man without skin. He was the man standing before me in the void. He followed, through the, he followed me through movie theaters, through city parks, howling in tunnels, unkept forests, and in childhood homes, only to find me huddled in the corner of my bedroom closet. He spoke a few words. I don't have words for the things he said. 
I woke up soon after, drenched in freezing sweat, limps, lips burnt with vomit, eyes sore from rolling in their sockets. My mind tried to reject the memory. I have searched every language for the words I heard that night, but no tongue of man has ever spoken the things that I have heard. There in the void, there in the lab, the man had found me again. The machine fractured my defenses, and it let him in. For the second time, he spoke those words, and for the second time, my mind refused to keep them. At some point, what seemed like an eternity later, DV finally removed the device from my head. As suddenly as waking from a, gene, a dream, I came to my senses. How, how, how long was I hooked up for? I asked frantically. Less than a minute, DV responded. He had lost the tone of knowing. His voice was quiet and trembled as he spoke. Untie me, I said. I then realized my wrists were not bound. DV was frozen in the corner. I stood up and gathered my belongings. My ears were ringing, each in a different pitch. They were dissonant. They were the last notes of a song I hadn't heard in 20 years. Ah, I'm not coming back, I said. Please don't contact me. DV nodded. His skin was as white as his lab coat. I walked five miles to my home. I didn't trust myself behind the wheel of a car. The night was silent as I walked. Even the crickets were quiet for me. When I got home, I vomited into my bathroom sink. I watched for my breakfast, lunch, and dinner circle sputtering down the drain. I looked into the mirror. My sh shirt was drenched in blood, except for a pattern of ribs across the front. The blood was still wet to the touch. My pockets were full of cartilage, my, my socks soaked in afterbirth. I threw my clothes in the trash compactor that night. DV and I do not speak anymore. I do not see him on campus. I complete my schoolwork regularly. I pay my rent on time. I fall asleep to talk shows on weeknights and to whiskey on weekends. I don't too much dreaming. I, I don't do too much dreaming nowadays. I especially don't think about my childhood. Somewhere in the unfathomed recesses of inaccessible memory, there are words that shouldn't be heard. A man without skin chose to tell me these words, and I chose twice now not to remember them. At the beginning of this text, I asked you to recall your first memory. I hope it was from a time before you were four or five, or after you were four or five. I hope it was simply a memory of your first injury or, or something similar. I hope these things because somewhere in your brain there is a memory of something your developed brain chose not to remember. I hope these things because the infinite horror of those forgotten words is too great for the human mind to comprehend. I hope your dreams are blissful and your nightmares leave you happy to be awake. And most of all, I hope that this story keeps you from exploring those damning and boundless faults in your mind. When we were born, we had no defenses against the world, physical or mental. Perhaps it takes a few years to build up those defenses. Perhaps things we see before are better left forgotten. Damn. I stuttered a lot on that one, but I think that, that was as good. That took a twist. Yeah. Had me in the beginning. I thought it was just like a horror. No, but man. that got fucking weird. Psycho thriller. Whoa. Kind of some Hellraiser shit kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why was it covered in blood and shit? Um, honestly, I think that was just more of a, a hallucination. Uh, an after effect of, of the... the magnet. Why was that dude so terrified? Uh, he was probably talking in that language while he was under. Or something. Uh -huh. The dude heard something while he was under. <clears throat> 
And so many questions. Creepy. So many unanswered questions. Right? Like, I want to I wanna find out who wrote that and ask if there's, like, a sequel or something. Yeah, we need a part two. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. Absolutely. Damn. It really reminds me of the uh, of the Black Mirror, where uh, where they're they're actually doing a beta test on the on the uh, virtual reality machine. And, oh yeah, that's a he, fucked up episode. He uh, he dies like multiple amounts of times. It's basically a simulation, mm-hmm. and he can't physically die, uh, but he he snaps back to reality. And they ask how long he's been there. This is about a minute, and like immediately, that's that's how I thought about it. And he eventually dies. But man, yeah. wait, I might be thinking of a different one. And that's the black mirror. Is it the blonde dude? He goes into the haunted house for the VR, and they give him that implant in the back yeah. of his head. Yeah. I don't know. He died. I know he gets stabbed. I didn't know he died. Yeah. I know he was. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys gonna watch it? What season? Probably. Who cares? I don't know, dude. Black Mirror seasons are really weird. The way they play them. Yeah. Well, then I won't say. Okay. I won't say. Good ending. Though. I've only seen season one. So. I don't even know what's in season one. To be honest, because their episodes are so weird. That was great, though. That was a good story. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Sorry, I botched it up so bad. Oh no, you're fine. Okay, coming to our last story, my story is brought to us uh, at, at Creepypasta's website, so creepypasta.org, and the original author is username Slime Beast. The story is called Abandoned by Disney, and this this one it's been out since uh, 2013. It looks like it's been viewed over 100,000 times. So I think a lot of people have already heard this story. Uh, the first time I heard it, my brother read it to us as we were playing Destiny on Xbox. He read it over Xbox Live. And we all kind of stopped playing Destiny to listen to the story. Because it's, it's a good story. It's a little bit long, so get comfortable. Okay, Abandoned by Disney. Bear with me, there are Mickey Mouse noises in here, and I'm going to attempt to do the voice. So I would be upset if you didn't. Yeah, it may break the tension. <laughs> it's, it gets fucking weird. Some of you may have heard the Disney Corporation is responsible for at least one real live ghost town. Disney built the Treasure Island Resort in Baker's Bay in the Bahamas. It didn't start as a ghost town. Disney's cruise ships would actually stop at the resort and leave tourists there to relax in luxury. This is a fact. You can look it up. Disney blew $30 million on the place. Yes, $30 million. And then they abandoned it. Disney blamed the shallow waters, too shallow for their ships to safely operate, and there was even blame cast on the workers, saying that since they were from the Bahamas, they were too lazy to work a regular schedule. That's where the factual nature of the story ends. It wasn't because of sand, and it obviously wasn't because foreigners are lazy. Both are convenient excuses. No, I sincerely doubt those reasons were legitimate. Why don't I buy the official story? Because of Mowgli's Palace. <laughs> Did these actually exist? To pull out of the story, like Mowgli's Palace and Treasure Island and stuff like that. Yes, these yeah. places were real. There's places. a there's a YouTube series called Abandoned. Shout out to uh, Abandoned. Uh, he did a hour long deep dive on the ultimate fate of the Treasure Island Resort and what happened to it and why it closed down. Like like there's a ton of interesting history behind the fate hmm. of that resort. So it's not just part of the story, does it? I don't know about Mowgli's Palace, but tre- the Treasure Island Resort was a real thing. People really did go there. Boats really did get beached because of the sand. Like, that is all real. Huh. Okay, so, because of Mowgli's Palace. Near the be- beach side of Emerald Isle in North Carolina, Disney began construction of Mowgli's Palace in the late 1990s. The concept was a jungle-themed resort with a large, you guessed it, palace in the center of the whole thing. 
If you're unfamiliar with the character of Mowgli, then you might better remember the story of the Jungle Book. If you haven't seen it anywhere else, you'd know it as, a, as the Disney cartoon from des- decades past. Everybody knows the Jungle Book. Mowgli is an abandoned child in the jungle, essentially raised by animals and simultaneously threatened, pursued by other animals. Mowgli's palace was a controversial undertaking from the start. Disney bought up a ton of high-priced land for the project, and there was actually a scandal surrounding some of the purchases. The local government claimed eminent domain on people's homes, then turned around and sold the property to Disney. At one point, a home that had just been constructed was immediately condemned with little to no explanation. The land grabbed by the government was supposedly for some fictional highway project. Knowing full well what was going on, people started calling it Mickey Mouse Highway. Then there was the concept art. A group of stuffed shirts from Disney Co. actually held a city meeting. They intended to sell everyone on how lucrative the project was going to be for everyone. When they showed the concept art, the gigantic Indian palace surrounded by a jungle, staffed with men and women in loincloths and tribal gear, well, suffice it to say, everyone flipped their shit. We're talking about a large Indian palace, jungle, and loincloths, not only in the center of a relatively wealthy area, but also a somewhat xenophobic area of southern USA. It, wasn't a, it was a questionable mix at that point in history. In the 90s, really? One member of the crowd tried to storm the stage, but he was quickly subdued by security after he managed to break out one of the presentation boards over his knee. Disney took that that community and essentially broke it over its knee as well. The houses were raised, the land was cleared, there wasn't a damn thing anybody could do or say about it. Local TV and newspapers were against the resort at the beginning, but some insane connection between Disney's media holdings and local venues came into play and their opinions turned, um, turned on a dime. So anyway, Treasure Island, the Bahamas. Disney sunk those millions in and then split. The same thing happened with Mowgli's Palace. Construction was complete. Visitors actually stayed at the resort. The surrounding communities were flooded with traffic and the the usual annoyances associated with the influx of lost and irate tourists. Then it all just stopped. (laughs) Disney shut it down. Nobody knew what the hell to think, but they were pretty happy about it. Disney's loss was pretty hilarious and a wonderful... Wonderful to a large group of folks who didn't want this in the first place. I honestly didn't give the place another thought since hearing it closed over a decade ago. I lived maybe four hours from Emerald Isle, so really I only heard the rumblings and didn't experience any of it firsthand. Then I read this article from someone who had explored the Treasure Island Resort and posted a whole blog about all the crazy shit he found there. Stuff just left behind. Things smashed, defaced, probably ruined by the disgruntled former employees who had lost their jobs. That may be what you were talking about on, on YouTube. So there's an element of truth to the story. Mm-hmm. Hell, the locals from all around had had a hand in wrecking the place. People there felt just, just as angry about Treasure Island as folks here did about Mo- Mowgli's Palace. Plus there were rumors that Disney had released their aqua- aquarium stock into the local waters when they closed, including sharks. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to take a few swings at some merchandise after that? Well, what I'm getting at is the blog about Treasure Island got me thinking. Even though many years had passed since its closing, I figured it might be cool to do some urban exploration at Mowgli's Palace, take some photos, write about my experience, and probably see if there's anything I could take home as a memento. I'm not going to say I wasted no time in getting there, because honestly it took me another year after I first found out about Treasure Island article to get around going up to Emerald Isle. Over the course of that year, I did a lot of research on the Palace Resort, or rather I tried to. Naturally, no official Disney site or resource made any mention of the place, they had all been just scrubbed clean. Even odder, however, was that nobody before myself had apparently thought to blog about the place or even post a photo. None of the local TV or newspaper sites 
had one word about the place, though that was to be expected, except expected since they had all swung Disney's way. They wouldn't be out there lauding their embarrassment, you know? Recently, I learned that the corporations can actually ask Google, for example, to remove links from search results, basically for no good reason. Looking back, it's probably not that nobody spoke out about the resort, but rather that the words were made inaccessible. So in the end, I could barely find the place. All I had to go on was an old-as-hell map I had received in the mail back in the 90s. It was a promotional item sent out to people who had recently been to Disney World, and I guess since I'd been there in the late 80s, it was recent. I didn't really intend to hang on to it, <clears throat> it just got shoved in with my books and comics from childhood. I'd only remembered it months into my research, and even then it took me another few weeks to locate the storage bin my parents had shoved into. <laughs> but I did find it. Locals were no help, as most were transplants who had moved to the beach in recent years, or old residents who had just sneered at me and made rude gestures the second I, met, I managed to say, where would I find Mowgli's? The drive took me through an inordinately long corridor of overgrowth tropical plants that had run rampant and overpopulated the area mixed with native species of flora that actually belonged there and had tried to reclaim the land. I was in awe when I reached the front gates of the resort, tremendous monolithic wooden gates that, whose support to either side looked, looked like they must have been cut from giant sequoias. The gate itself had been gouged in several places by woodpeckers and eaten away at the base by burrowing insects. Excuse me. Hanging on the gate was a sheet of metal, some random scrap with hand-painted letters scrawled in black, abandoned by Disney. Clearly the handiwork of some past local or an employee who wanted to make some small protest. The gates were open enough to walk through, but not drive, so I grabbed my digital camera and the map, whose flip side showed a layout of the resort, and I set on foot. The inner grounds of the place were just as overgrown as the entryway. Palm trees stood unattended and ragged among piles of their own coconuts. Banana plants similarly stood in their own stinking, bug-riddled refuse. There was a sort of clash between order and chaos, as carefully planted rows of perennial flowers mixed with obnoxious tall weeds and stinking blackened mushrooms. All that remained of any outdoor structures were broken, rotting wood and various charred bits of unidentifiable, un unidentifiable material. What was the most likely was an information booth or an outdoor bar was now simply a pile of assorted debris chopped up by past vandalism and ravaged by weather. The most interesting thing on the grounds was the statue of Baloo, the friendly bear from the Jungle Book, Jungle Book which stood in a sort of courtyard in front of the main building. He was frozen in a jovial wave toward no one, staring into empty space with a silly toothy grin as bird shit covers whole swath of fur and vines ensnared his platform. I approached the main building, the palace, only to find the outside of the building covered in graffiti where the original paint had been peeled and chipped away. The front doors weren't just open, they had been off, taken off their hinges and were stolen. Above the front doors, or the gaping maw where they had been, someone had once again painted, Abandoned by Disney. I wish I could tell you about all the awesome stuff I saw inside the palace. Forgotten statues, abandoned cash registers, a full-fledged secret society of homeless bums, but no. The inside of the building was so stark, so bare, that I actually think people had stolen the molding off the walls. Anything that was too big to steal, counters, desks, giant fake trees, they were all resting amid this empty, chaos, em empty echo chamber that amplified my every step like a slow rat-a-tat of a machine gun. I checked the floor plan and headed to all the locations that might seem in, in any way interesting. The kitchen was as you'd imagine, an industrial food prep area with all the appliances and space. 
No expenses spared. Every glass surface was broken, every doorknob, every door knocked off its hinges, every metal surface kicked and dented. The entire place smelled like very old piss. The huge freezer, not even remotely cold now, had row upon row of empty shelf space. Hooks hung from the ceiling, probably for hanging cuts of meat. As I stood inside for a moment, I noticed they were swinging. <coughs> Each hook swung in a random direction, but their movements were so slow and small that it was almost impossible to see. I figured it had been caused by my footsteps, so I stopped one from swinging by clutching it in my fist and carefully letting it go. But within seconds, it started to swing once more. The bathrooms were in, su in much the same state as the rest of the palace. Just like the Treasure Island Resort, someone had methodically smashed each porcelain commode with coconuts and other implements. There was about half inch of rancid, stinking water on the floor, so I didn't stay there very long. What's odd is that the toilets and the sinks and the bidets in the ladies' room, yes, I went there, all dripped, leaked, or just ran freely. It seemed to me that they should have shut the water off long, long ago. There were plenty of rooms in the resort, but naturally I didn't have time to look through them all. The few I did peer into were similarly wrecked, and I didn't expect to find anything there. I thought there was actually a television or radio in one room, as I really think I heard a quiet conversation coming out. Though it was like a whisper, probably my own breath echoing in the silence, or just another case of sound flowing water playing tricks on my mind, this is what it sounded like. I didn't believe it. Short, unknown reply. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Your father told you. Unknown reply, or possibly just weeping. I know, I know, that sounds ridiculous. I'm just telling you what I experienced, what I thought there might have been something in that room. Or worse, some vagrants who had holed up there and would probably have knifed me. At the front doors of the palace of the Gen, I figured I hadn't found anything note and wasted the trip. As I looked out the door, I noticed something interesting in the courtyard that I, that I had apparently missed. Something that would give me at least one thing for all of my trouble, even if it was just a photograph. <coughs> there is... There is a lifelike statue of a python, maybe eight feet, 80 feet long, coiled up and stunning itself on a, on a pedestal right in the center of the area. It was almost time for the sun to start setting, so the light would fall on the object in a perfect way for a photograph. <laughs> I approached the python and snapped a photo. Then I stood on my toes and snapped another. I moved closer to get the details of its face. Slowly, casually, the python lifted its head, looked directly into my eyes, turned, and slithered off the pedestal across the grass and into the trees. All 80 feet of it. Its head long disappeared into the woods before its tail even left the sunning spot. Disney had released all of their exotic animals onto the grounds. Right there on my floor map was the reptile house. I should have known. I'd read about the sharks at Treasure Island and I should have known they'd done this. I was dumbfounded, just utterly stupefied. My mouth must have been hanging open for the longest time before I came back down to earth and snapped it shut. I blinked a few times and backed away from where the snake had been, back towards the palace. Even though it was totally gone, I still wasn't taking any chances and backed my way back into the building. It took a few deep breaths and slaps on my own face to get myself right in the head after that. I looked for a place to sit down as my legs were feeling a bit like jelly at this point. Of course there was no place to sit down unless I wanted to recline in the broken glass and dead leaf, leaf carpet or haul myself up onto a desk of questionable reliability. I had seen some stairs near the palace lobby and decided to go have a seat there until I felt better. The staircase was far enough away from the front of the building to be relatively clean, save for the starting accumulation of dust. I pulled a wedge of metal off the wall, once again painted with abandoned by Disney motto I'd become accustomed to. 
I placed the wedge on the stairs and sat on to keep it keep it at least somewhat clean. The stairway led downward, beyond, beyond the ground level. Using my camera flash as a sort of improvised flashlight, I could see that the staircase ended in a metal mesh door with a padlock. A sign on the door, a real sign, read, Mascots Only. Thank you. <clears throat> this perked up my spirits a little bit for two reasons. One, a Mascots Only area would have definitely had some interesting stuff back in the day. Two, the padlock was still in place. Nobody had gone down there, not for the vandals, not the looters, nobody. This was the one place I could actually explore and perhaps find something interesting to photograph or wantonly steal. I had come to the palace essentially agreeing with myself that it was okay to take anything I wanted because, hey, abandoned. <laughs> it didn't take much to bust the lock. Well, actually, that's wrong. It didn't take much to bust the metal plate on the wall the padlock was hooked to. Time and decay had done most of the work for me, and I was able to bend the metal plate enough to pull the screws out of the wall, something nobody else had apparently thought of or hadn't been able to do at the time. The mascot's only area was a starting and very welcome change from the rest of the building I'd seen. For one, every second or third fluorescent light overhead was illuminated, even though they flickered and faded randomly, although nothing had been stolen or broken, even age and exposure were defiantly taking their toll. Tables and notepads and pens, there were clocks, even a punch-in clock on the wall complete with filled-out time cards. Chairs were scattered around, there was even a small break, break room with an old static-filled television and long rotted-out food and drink on the counters. It was like one of those post-apocalyptic movies where everything is left in a state of evacuation. <clears throat> As I walked the maze-like sub-basement hallways of the mascots-only area, the sights just became more and more interesting. As I went further, desks and tables were knocked over, paper scattered and almost melded with the damp floor, and a large carpet of mold was slowly overtaking the real rotting crimson floor covering. Everything was just sort of squishy. Any wood disintegrated into mush when I applied even the least amount of force, and clothing items hanging on the hooks in one of the rooms simply fell to moist threads if I tried to unhook them. One thing that annoyed me was the light that was becoming more sparse and unreliable as I went further into the dank, suffocating depths of the palace. Eventually, I reached a black and yellow striped door with the words, Character Prep 1, stenciled on it. The door wouldn't open at first. I figured this was probably where the costumes were kept, and I defiantly wanted a photograph of the twisted, stinking mess. Try as I might, whatever angle or trick I tried, the door wouldn't budge. That is, until I gave up and started to walk away. That was when there was a slight popping sound and the door creaked open slowly. Inside, the room was completely dark, pitch black. I used the camera flash to look for a light switch on the wall by the door, but there was nothing. As I made my search, I was jarred out by the sense of excitement by a loud electrical buzz. Rows of lights overhead suddenly flashed to life, flickering and fading in and out like the rest I had passed. It took a second for my eyes to adjust, and it seemed like the light was going to keep getting brighter until all the bulbs exploded, but just when I thought it would reach at that critical stage, the lights dims a bit, dimmed a bit and steadied. The room was exactly as I had pictured it. Various Disney costumes hung on the walls, fully put together with like strange cartoon cadavers hung from invisible nooses. There was an entire rack of loincloths and native clothes on hangers towards the back. What I found odd, and what I wanted to photograph right away, was a Mickey Mouse costume at the center of the room. Unlike the other costumes, it was lying on its back in the center of the floor like a murder victim. The fur in the costume was rotten and shedding, creating bare patches. <clears throat> what was even odder, however, was the coloring of the costume. It was like a photo negative of the actual Mickey Mouse. Black where he should have been white, and white where he should have been black. 
His normally red overalls were light blue. The sight was off-putting enough that I actually put off photographing the thing until last. I took a picture of the costumes hanging on the wall, upward angles, downward angles, side shots to show an entire row of frozen, putrid cartoon faces, some with plastic eyes missing. Then I decided to stage a shot, just one of the bedraggled characters' heads on a stick, grimy floor, on the slick grimy floor. <coughs> I reached for the headpiece of a Donald Duck costume and carefully removed it so the thing wouldn't fall apart in my hands. As I looked into the face of the wide-eyed, moldered head, a loud clattering sound made me jump with fright. I looked down at my feet, and there between my shoes was a human skull. It had fallen out of the mascot head and shattered into pieces at my feet. Only the empty face and lower jaw remained, staring up at me. I dropped the duck head immediately, as you'd expect, and moved for the door. As I stood in the doorway, I looked back to the skull on the floor. I had to take a picture of it, you know, I had to. For any number of reasons, it may seem silly, but only if you don't think it through. If I'd need proof of what happened, especially if Disney was going to somehow make this go away, I had no doubt in my mind right from the start that even if I was just, if it was just gross negligence, Disney was responsible for this. That's when Mickey, the photo negative opposite Mickey in the middle of the floor, started to get up. For sitting up, then climbing to its feet, the Mickey Mouse costume or whoever was inside it stood there at the center of the room, its fake face just staring directly at, at me as I mumbled no over and over and over with shaking hands of violently thrashing heart and legs that had once again turned to jelly i managed to lift the camera and aim it at the opposite creature now quietly sizing me up the digital camera screen displayed only dead pixels in the shape of the thing it was a perfect silhouette of the mickey costume as the camera moved in my unsteady hands the dead pixels spread marring the screen where mickey's outline moved then the camera died went black and quiet broken. I raised my eyes once again to the Mickey Mouse costume. <clears throat> it said in a hushed, perverted, but perfectly executed Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> Want to see my head come off? It started to pull its, at its own head, working its clumsy, glove-clad fingers around its neck and clawing impatient movements similar to a wounded man trying to pull himself free of a predator's jaws. As it worked its digits into its neck, so much blood, so much thick, chunky yellow blood. I turned away as I heard a sickening tearing of cloth and flesh, only cared about getting away. Above the doorway, out of the room, I saw the final message clawed into the metal with the bone or fingernails. Abandoned by God. I never got the pictures out of the camera. I never wrote the blog entry about it. After I ran from that place, fled for my sanity, if not for my very life, I knew why Disney didn't want anyone to know about this place. They didn't want anyone like me getting in. They didn't want anything like that getting out. Dude. And that's that's abandoned by Disney. Man. Yeah. Man. Yep. I didn't see the chunky blood part coming. Yeah, yeah. It's a fucked up story. <clears throat> Holy shit. I hope I did okay. You did great. <laughs> I feel like the Mickey Mouse voice kind of breaks you out of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one phrase for that. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I should have had you do it. <laughs> um, because he does such a good job of, of really painting the imagery. Right. Like, I, I know what this room looks like in my head. I can see it. It's so gritty. Yeah. Dark. <sighs> it's good. That's one of my favorite creepypastas. Dude. Actually, that, that probably is my favorite creepypasta. At the moment. At the moment, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
It makes you wonder, outside of Disney, just what other companies slash you know entrepreneurs have those similar stories. Oh yeah, there's there's another good one about Disney. I don't know if it was a creepy pasta. It might have been true, but um, they did. They had fallout shelters in the Disney theme parks, and down in the fallout shelters, they had like these cement rooms and gas masks that would hang on the walls and stuff like that if there was an attack. <clears throat> And there was some fucked up story about going down into these shelters and and finding a kid down there with a gas mask fused to his head and shit. It was a really screwed up story. I'll see if I can find it. We'll do it next Creepypasta episode. It's similar to the uh, Are You My Mommy Doctor Who episode. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. I love the Disney stories. They're so great. (laughs) Because Disney's this, like, wholesome conglomerate. But then we get these fucked up stories about abandoned theme parks and the monsters they find within. It's really good. I man. like it. It was a spectacular story, man. Yeah, really long. I didn't think it was that long. I thought it was going to be shorter. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't it, a horrible. I think it turned course. out all right, though. Yeah, about Definitely a, a good story. 15 minutes. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. You read it really well, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> so to close it out there... Um, you can definitely find us on... At uh, Monster Macaroni on Twitter um, there's no Facebook or Imager yet or any not Imager I do that every Instagram. time Instagram there's no Facebook or Instagram yet we will be making the Instagram and I'd like to go around to macabre places and haunted places and take pictures and look at cool artifacts and stuff like 100%. that so we'll throw that on the Instagram uh, there's also no website uh, for now you can just email us at uh, monstermacaroni101 at gmail.com because apparently somebody already has Monster Macaroni as an email. <laughs> so don't send anything to that one. Make sure there's a 101 at the end. Um, also, our sister podcast, Comic Book FNG, you can contact them at comicbookfng uh, gmail.com or at comicfng on Twitter and comicfng.com. And if you guys want to plug your stuff as well. Yeah, you can uh, you can follow me at on Instagram at uh, Jay Kersley, that's J-C-U-R-S-E-L-Y, if you want to see some badass street art. There we go. Jay Kersley on Instagram. Anybody else um, want to throw their stuff up? No, not at the moment. I don't think so. You can always find me at uh, WillFalcon23 on Twitter. Um, other than that, I think, uh, I think that wraps us up for the night. Where's the falcon come from? Um, actually, that's a bit of a story. So, um, when I was a child, um, long story short, basically, it's my uh, Native American name. Oh, cool. a falcon actually... Um, like spirit animal? Yeah. Nice. So, nice. a falcon actually took a tail feather out and dropped it at my feet and waited for me to pick it up and roosted in the, the tree in my backyard and had babies in my backyard. That's badass. Yeah, man. Do you ever find feathers when you're walking? All the time. Are they pointing forward? Yep. Then you're on the right path. Awesome sauce. We will do an episode in the future on uh, on Native American mythology. Uh, I would really like to talk about Skinwalkers mm, yeah. and the Skinwalker Ranch. Oh man! In Utah, um, that one will be later though. We got to give some time between last podcast episode because they also did an episode on it. Right. But uh, I would definitely like to talk about Skinwalkers because that's a really big thing out in uh, in the Dakotas, man, with the Lakota tribes and the Sioux yeah. tribes out there. I've I've heard about that. Yeah. So their, their mythology is is very deep and very interesting. <clears throat> but I don't know much about um, the tribes that are in Arizona. Um, do you have Hopi down here? Yeah, Hopi. Yeah, I believe we do. And they're, they're Inuit. Inuit. Are there any Inuit? I think, Inuit? So. I think no, that's I mostly New Mexico. So. No, actually. that's Inuit. That's uh, Eskimo. 
Is it? That's Alaska. Yeah, what are okay. you yeah. talking about? Jesus. <laughs> We're both fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Hopi. Is there Hopi? Navajo. Yavapai. Yaki. Havapai. Yavapai. Tohono. Yavapai? Yeah. Yavapai? Yeah, Yavapai County. I apologize in advance to any... Uh, Native Americans that are listening, we're we're slaughtering these names. We do love you, though. We do love you. Absolutely. Yes. At least I know how to say Sioux. A lot of people say Souks because it's spelled S-O-I-U-X. It's French. U-X. <laughs> yeah. And Lakota. <clears throat> I can, I'll teach you a Lakota word right now. Huh? Buffalo is a Tatunka. 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 Hmm. Lakota for buffalo. I like that word. Yeah. Tatunka. I've been charged by buffalo before. That's a story for another time. I wonder what the Native American word for BDE is. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk about the mythology and, and spirit animals and stuff like that. So we'll definitely get deeper into that. Oh yeah, yeah man. You, you know can tell it. that story. I'm looking forward to it. Alright, do we want like a, a saying at the end of the, of the episode? That would be tight. What do we want? Let's think of a one liner here before we close out the episode. Keep your eyes on the dark. Oh yeah, we're doing that. Keep your eyes on the dark. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> you got a you got a one liner you want to throw out? Not off the top of my head. Not not following that one up. All right, we'll think about it next time. Yep. Deuces. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs>